Well, welcome to Equipping the Body, and we are continuing our walk through the book of Ephesians today. And we left off with verse 9 of the second chapter last time we were together. And so we're going to pick up in verse number 10, verse number 10 of Ephesians chapter number 2, Paul's letter, Paul's epistle to the church at Ephesus. And so let's just jump in there. Verse 10 says this, for we are his workmanship, workmanship. And so let's use our tools. We know for we Who's we? You know, our questions, who, what, when, where. We, that's believers, that's those that have been bought with a price and have been saved by the blood of Jesus Christ. Paul's including himself in that number for we, and he's talking not only of the Ephesians that he's writing to, but also himself, and we know Paul was saved, and so clearly this only applies to saved people, for we are his well, who's he is? Well, we know, go back, read 1 through 8, he's talking about Jesus Christ, and so the he is, the him, is obviously Jesus Christ. So we are his workmanship, God's workmanship, that he has made us, he has designed us, and that's very important because that is one of the fundamental truths of the Bible, that we are created in the image of God, and we are created for his glory. God designed human beings to worship him and to bring him glory. We are the pinnacle of his creation because we are made in his image. God has created many things. Um, all things, in fact, are created by him. Without him was not anything made that was made, John chapter 1 states. But all things are not made in his image, okay? I have two dogs and eight chickens, and they're not made in the image of God. They're made by God, but they're not made in the image of God. But me being a human being, a descendant of Adam, I am made wonderfully and fearfully in the image of God, and so are you. So anyways, for we are his workmanship. He made us created in Christ. Of course, he's speaking specifically to believers, but I went off on a tangent there. Created in Christ Jesus unto good works, or for the purpose of good works works. Now, refresh your mind here a little bit. In verses 1 through 8, um, he was talking about the fact that salvation, okay, being forgiven of your sins, being saved, however you want to say it, being justified, made right in the eyes of God is a work of grace by faith. It's not something you work for, okay? But according to verse 10, while it may not be something you work for, it is definitely something you work from. Notice the difference. He said, creating Christ Jesus unto good works for the purpose of good works, which God hath before ordained. Okay, we know what ordained means. It means he determined it to be so beforehand that we should walk in them. In what? In the good works. That we, who's we? Believers. So, God decided before you were ever thought of, when you would get saved, that he would design you to follow him in good works. In other words, the old preachers used to say it this way, God didn't save us to see it, he saved us to serve. Okay, and so... If you are a Christian, if you are saved, 
God has a plan for you to do things to serve him. And so get to work. Now, for some, and, and I'm just using simple examples because that's my desire of this podcast is to be simple. But for some men called of God, it may be to be a pastor, okay? may be to serve on the deacon board. Okay, for, for, for men and ladies, it, it, it may be to assist in the youth group of a local church. It may be to sing in the choir or praise team, whatever musical flavor your church has. It may be to be a greeter at the door of the church. Okay, these are specific good works, things that we do for the Lord through the local church. Again, Paul's writing to the church at Ephesus people say I don't have to go to church to be a Christian I don't know what Bible you're reading (laughs) every letter Paul wrote with the exception of the personal letters were written to churches and the personal letters 1st Timothy 2nd Timothy and Titus at least were written to individuals on how to run local churches okay so that that's nonsense as soon as somebody says I can be a Christian I just read the Bible, I don't go to church, that's proof that they don't actually read the Bible. Okay, that's just, that's utter foolishness. Um, So anyways, created us unto good works. He He saved us to serve, not to sit. Okay, we're not meant to just get saved. Okay, I'm saved. Sit on a pew and wait for Jesus to come back. Now, I've been very kindergarten and talking about specifics, but really... That's not even at the heart of what the good works are that we want to get at. The big picture goes back to the Great Commission. The ultimate good work that Christians are to be doing is propagating the gospel of Jesus Christ. Go ye therefore in all the world and preach the gospel, teaching them to observe all things whatsoever commanded you, and lo, I'm with you always, even unto the end of the word, baptizing them in the name of the Father, Son, and the Holy Ghost. I left part out. Excuse me. But that's the ultimate good work is the propagation of the gospel so that others can be saved. And so I've covered a variety of good works. But I think what's sad to me as a pastor um, is I see people that claim to get saved, claim to be right with Christ, and their idea of a Christian life is to sit on a pew once a week And half the time, they don't even do that. Ladies and gentlemen, that is not what Paul had in mind when he said God created you and saved you in order to, and I'm paraphrasing, in order to serve him by good works. He he, he didn't mean show up to a building and again, half the time, don't even do that and sit on a pew. Ladies and gentlemen, we're to be serving Christ in everything that we do propagating the gospel every chance that we get and so let me move past that that's verse 10 really and truly you could take verse 10 and there's a whole sermon there but we're moving on to verse 11 and so Paul goes on in verse 11 he says wherefore because of this remember that ye being in time past Gentiles in the flesh that ye now who's the ye who's the you who who he's writing to the people of Ephesus now Ephesus was a Gentile city. And so the primary audience Paul is writing to is Gentiles. What are Gentiles? They're people that are not ethnically Jewish. 
They were not born of the seed of Abraham in a physical sense. They're not Jewish. They're not of Israel. They're not descended from one of the 12 tribes. Like Paul, you know, he was a Jew. He even knew what tribe he was from. He said, I'm of the tribe of Benjamin. Okay? So he's writing to Gentiles. That's why the context is so important. That's why we spent all that time at the beginning of this book study talking about what Ephesus, the what the city was, um, who the Ephesians were, who was writing to them, Paul, when did he write it, why did he write it, et cetera, et cetera. Okay? He's writing to Gentiles. He said, so in times past were Gentiles in the flesh. Why does he, do, why does he say in the flesh, Pastor? Well, I can tell you why. Because in Christ, there's no such thing as Jew or Gentile in a spiritual sense. If you're saved, you're a Christian. Saved is saved. If you're saved, it don't matter if you're black, yellow, white, purple, Jewish, or Gentile. You're, that, that, those labels fall to the ground and you take up one label Christ I am a follower of Christ I am in the body of Christ you are my brother or sister in Christ all those labels go away in Jesus and that's what Paul's going to get at here in a minute so he says you are a Gentile in the flesh so ethnically okay, they were Gentiles in the flesh okay and then he goes, who are called uncircumcision by that which is called the circumcision in the flesh made by hands. Okay? Uncircumcision. He, he's speaking in a physical sense. We, we know what a circumcision is for a male child. And the Jews, that was part of their religion. Okay? On the eighth day, they would circumcise a baby boy. All right? That's what set them apart from the Gentiles. One of the things, let me give you an Old Testament example. When David was fighting Goliath, what did he say? Who is this uncircumcised Philistine? Okay? And so Paul says, you who are called the uncircumcision by the circumcision. So who's the, quote, unquote, the circumcision? The Jews, okay, in the flesh, ethnically Jewish, calling the ethnic Gentiles the uncircumcision. Circumcision of the flesh made by hands. Okay, he's speaking physically because there is a spiritual circumcision of the heart. When Jesus saves you, he cuts away the deadness of your heart and gives you a new heart, removes the heart of stone and replaces it with a heart of flesh. Or as David said, created me a clean heart, O God. And so there is the spiritual circumcision of the heart, a.k.a being saved, being born again. Verse 12, that at that time, previously, remember he's writing to Christians, so so he's, he's writing to Gentile Christians, and he's saying before you were saved, before you knew Jesus Christ as Lord and Savior. Okay, so keep that in mind. Who, what, when, where, how. You need to constantly ask those questions. That at that time, when, that time before you got saved, you were without Christ, without Christ. If you don't have Christ, you're not saved, okay? Being aliens from the commonwealth of Israel. Who? Israel. Who's Israel? The Jews, the seed of Abraham, the chosen people of God, the people of the covenant, the Old Testament people, 
Okay, I, I don't know how else to say it. And strangers from the covenants of promise. Back up, I'm going too fast. Who? The Gentiles. Aliens, what's that mean? They were not in the commonwealth, the nation of Israel. When somebody comes to a country, we used to use the term, and I still do because I, I don't, words don't hurt me. I don't believe in politically correct terms and changing terms that mean the exact same thing. We used to call them illegal aliens. They were foreigners, strangers. And so Paul said, you were strangers. You were not ethnically Jewish. And because of that, you were strangers from the covenants, I'm in verse 12, of promise, the covenants of promise. If you read your Old Testament, and if you read the narrative of Abraham and the narrative of Moses and even on and on through the patriarchs, you find God making physical promises to the Jewish people, the Hebrew people, the ethnic descendants of Abraham. Pastor, why are you making such a big deal about ethnicity? I'll tell you why. Because there is a group of people today who say that the church replaced Israel and that God's done with Israel, and that's just not biblical. God doesn't revoke promises he made. He's not a man that he should lie. And so we need to understand that that there is still promises in the kingdom of God, um, or should I say in the plans of God, that apply to ethnic Israelis, Hebrews, Jews, children of Abraham, whatever, whatever you want to call it. Okay, and so I need to keep that in your brain, in the forefront of your mind. So it says covenants of promise. So the Gentiles were strangers to We don't get those promises. No, God made promises to Abraham of descendants and of land. Okay, God never promised Gentiles physical land. It's nowhere in the Bible. Our promises are spiritual blessings, okay? But he promised Abraham, he said, you see that land? That's yours. That belongs to your descendants. And in 1948, that's exactly what happened when Israel became a nation again. She hasn't declared all her land yet, but I promise you this, before the show's over, she will, because God said so. And he says, so you Gentiles... We're separated from that. That doesn't apply to you. You were without having no hope and without God in the world. Why? Because God did not reveal himself to the Gentiles first. Hold on. You say, Pastor, I'm a Gentile. Hold on. Calm down. God did not first reveal himself to the Gentiles. He first revealed himself to Abraham, who will go on to be the uh, the people of Abraham, the Hebrew people, the Jewish people, the Israeli people, whatever, whatever term you want to use. It doesn't matter. You know what I'm talking about. And they were to go on and propagate the oracles of God to the Gentiles. They were called to be the light to the Gentiles, but they failed. But Jesus didn't. Because Jesus came to offer salvation to Jew, to Gentile, red and yellow, black and white. They are all precious in his sight. And so we thank God for that. 
Romans 1.16, For I am not ashamed of the gospel, for it is the power of Christ and the salvation to the Jew first and also to the Greek, to the Gentile. But he's saying previously, at that time before you were saved, you were without promise, you weren't Jewish, so you didn't get in on any of the those uh, promises made to the Jewish people, so you had no hope, you didn't have the word of God like the Jewish people had, you didn't have the Torah, the law, the Old Testament. Verse 13, but, thank God for the function of the conjunction, but now, when? Now, now that you are saved, in Christ Jesus, how? How, how do we have this? In Christ Jesus, not in the works of the law, not in being Jewish or being Gentile or being a good boy, being a good girl, but now, when? Now. How in Christ Jesus, ye who sometimes were afar off, sometimes, when previously, before you got saved, now that you're saved, watch this, you were made nigh by the blood of Christ. That is a precious, how? By the blood of Christ. Who? Christ. So the source of salvation, Christ, the means of salvation, his death, burial, and resurrection, his blood, the application of his salvation, ye. And who's the ye in this context? The Gentiles. Thank God for that. That God did not exclude the Gentiles from salvation, but through Christ Jesus, salvation is made available to Jew, Gentile, red, yellow, black, and white. They're all precious in his sight. Thank God for that. Who, what, when, where, how. Notice as I read this, I'm, I'm, I'm constantly going back to the previous verses and I'm constantly asking who, what, when, where, how. Who, what, when, where, how, why, if so, etc., etc., blase, blase, why. Because I want to connect each verse with the surrounding verses and context. That's how you properly study the Bible. Anyways, Moving on to verse 14. For he, now he just said blood of Christ, so who's the he? Christ. For he is our, who's our? Save people. Peace. Peace. The absence of war, of violence, of separation, of hostility. He is our peace who hath made both one. Who's the both? Well, who was he previously talking about? Jews and Gentiles, circumcision and uncircumcision in verse 11. Always tie scripture to scripture. So, made both one and hath broken down the middle wall of partition between us. Okay. So, in Christ, okay, let me say it this way. When I got saved, spiritually speaking, I, I, I'm not a Gentile. I'm just a Christian. A Christian is a Christian. A safe person is a safe person. Remember, there's two types of people in this world. People that are going to heaven and people that are going to hell. People that are saved and people that are lost. Let me say it another way. People that accepted Christ and repented or people that rejected Christ and refused to repent. That's it. All these other separations are man-made. Well, he's black and she's white. Who cares? A human is a human. That's stupid. If, if you really think about it, racism is stupid. But anyways, that's a different sermon for a different day. Well, he's Jewish and she's Gentile. Uh, uh, okay. 
in Christ, nobody cares. He has made us one. There is one church. There's not a Jewish church and a Gentile church. If you're saved, you're saved. Saved is saved. In Christ is in Christ. One, if you're truly in Christ. That's the caveat. So, having abolished in his flesh, whose flesh? Jesus' flesh. The enmity, the hostility, even the law of commandments contained in ordinances, verse 15, for to make in himself of twain one new man, so making peace. And so he's, he's talking, he's bringing us together, Jew and Gentile, bringing them together in Christ. And I just realized I'm about out of time, so I've got to speed through this. Bringing us together in Christ. How did he do this? Through his death, burial, and resurrection, through his flesh. Verse 16, and that he might reconcile, reconcile to make reconciliation, to make things right between two parties is reconciliation. Both, both who? Jew and Gentile unto God in one body by the cross. Okay, so what is he doing? He's taking both, now who's both, Jew and Gentile, He's reconciling them, okay? He's making them right, not just with each other. That's not the big picture at play. But unto God, because Jew and Gentile both are wrong with God from the beginning because sin separates us from God. We're all born sinners. All have sinned and fallen short of the glory of God. So really, as, as Paul said, what advantage is it to you the, to be a Jew? Because if you reject Christ, you're going to go to hell just like a Gentile who rejects Christ. And hell don't care about your flavors either. Uh, what advantage is the Gentile? If he rejects Christ, he's going to hell just like the Jew that rejects Christ. It's all about Christ. Let me just stop right here and say there's no other name given among men whereby we must be saved than the name of Jesus Christ. Now, both unto God in one body, the body of Christ, the church. Okay? How did he do all this? The cross, the cross, having slain the enmity thereby, verse 17, and came and preached peace to you which were afar off and to them that were nigh. For through him we both have access by one spirit, the Holy Spirit, unto the Father. And so it's, all of this was done by the cross. Sin was answered and defeated by the cross. And came and preached peace to you which were far off. That's the Gentiles. We didn't have the Old Testament covenant promises. We didn't have the Abrahamic um, ethnic lineage. Uh-uh. We didn't have any of that. We were Gentiles. So preached peace to them which were far off and to them that were nigh. The Jews were nigh. They weren't in. Okay, because you got to go through Christ. But they were close. Because they had the Old Testament covenant promises. Because they were the physical children of Abraham. They were nigh. They weren't in, but they were nigh. And Paul says, who cares? We came to preach peace. Jesus was preaching peace. The gospel of peace is made available to the far off, to the nigh, to the uttermost, to the guttermost, to the black, to the white, to the Hispanic, to the Asian, to the American, to the Chinese, to the Russian, to the Nigerian. Uh, it does not matter. He said it's all out there. In Christ or out of Christ, that's really the only two types of people. 
Now watch this. Verse 18. I've got to finish. I've ran out of time. For through him, through who? Through Christ. We, who's we? People that are saved. Both, who's both? Jew and Gentile. Have access by one spirit. Who's the one spirit? The Holy Spirit. Capital S in your Bible should be. Unto the Father. Both. Not just the Jews, but the Gentile. If you're saved, you're saved. It doesn't matter if you're a saved Jewish person, a saved black person, a saved white person, which both would be Gentile, um, a saved Hispanic person, a saved Chinese person, um, male or female. There's only two of those, by the way, two genders. Um, yep. So it doesn't matter. A saved old person, a saved teenager, if you're saved, you're saved. And if you're saved, you have access to God, the Father, by Jesus Christ, through the Holy Spirit. And you are one. And we thank God for that. And so we'll pick up, hopefully, in verse 19 next time. God bless you. Keep studying your Bible inductively. Keep asking those questions. And if you would like to support the show, you can do th do so um, by going to our Facebook page, and which is Equipping the Body on Facebook, Equipping the Body, and through that going to um, Buy Me a Coffee, uh, Buy Me a Coffee or Patreon, and all those links are included on our Facebook page and our Buzzsprout page. So you can go to Buzzsprout page and there'll be a little coin with a heart on it at the top of the page, and you click on that and you can support it. Let me tell you why we need support. We'd like to upgrade the podcast. Right now, we don't have the ability to permanently publish episodes. Episodes can only be published for 90 days at a time. Then they are deleted. Um, we would like to be able to upgrade to permanent publication. And that costs. That's not free. Number two, we would like to be able to upgrade our time limits. Right now, I'm only allowed to publish two hours per month. If we upgrade, we can put out more episodes. And number three, with support, we'd be able to upgrade to where our, our podcast could be more spread out. We could publish it in more places. And so if you, you know, we're going to keep doing it regardless as long as the Lord allows. But if, you've, if you'd like to be part of that, if you'd like to be part of that, then you can support us on Patreon or buy me a coffee, and you can find those links on our Buzzsprout page and or our Facebook page. God bless you. Thank you, and keep studying the Word.